0: Okay, hey, well, welcome uh, to WNZN Radio uh, from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in once more. Uh, we've actually, David, had some very interesting shows. Yes. Both uh, yeah. doing the Sermon on okay. the Mount. <clears throat> take, and then we have these special uh, guests yeah. and ministries that we featured. And I think right. today's going to be another another really good show. Uh, kind of widen mm-hmm. our scope on missions and what's going on in the world. Yes. And we have a very special guest. I'm going to intro in a minute. But again, this is WNZN Radio uh, FM. If you're having any problem getting this on your radio, sometimes they're staticky and sometimes, depending where you live, it's not that clear. But everybody that goes to live stream it, www.wnzn.org, uh, can pick it up really clear. No problem at all. at yeah, all. So that's know. WNZN.org. And so, uh, as promised, we have another special guest. Uh, Penny Hood uh, is a missionary at the sending base of WEC, which is Worldwide Evangelization for Christ. And she's going to tell us a lot more about that. But the headquarters is actually in Philadelphia. But the mission itself is is literally worldwide. We're mm-hmm. going to find out more about that. And we're going to hear about Penny and her husband, Brian, and what what made them, you know, why did they have this call to go. And be part of a sending base that equips and sends missionaries around the world. So so welcome, Penny. Glad to have you on board. WNZM today.
1: Thank you so much, John and David. It's a real privilege to be with you today.
0: So I know you got quite a story, so I'm kind of going to start right at the beginning. Maybe you could tell us and and our listening guest, Penny, about your life, your testimony. How did you come to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? How you met Brian? And then why missions and why why wet uh, particular? And then we're going to pick it up there and and find out more about this organization that you're that you're all a part of.
1: Okay, thank you. Well, I grew up in a Christian family uh, with my parents, my four siblings. We I grew up in Pennsylvania, in a small town called Kenosville, and my parents were really committed to the Lord and to our church. They taught me about Jesus since I was born. They read the Bible to us, prayed with us all the time, and we were literally at church every time the doors were open, <laughs> so mm. I spent a lot of my childhood in the church, and my dad also painted and did a lot of cleaning and things at the church, so he was there more, uh, even than when, it, when the doors were officially open. And um, my parents just really modeled service and hospitality to me, and my mom was a nurse. Uh, my dad was a very trusted and talented man who was self-employed, and he called himself a painter, but he really did any kind of home repair and clean-up project from taking care of people's lawns, fixing their roofs, and literally everything in between. And um, one thing about my parents, I I knew, I came to realize at an early age that everyone knew they could count on Willie and Carol, and they did. So if they had um, a health issue, they would come to see my mom. If they needed something fixed, uh, they would talk to my dad. And if they needed a meal or they needed somewhere to sleep, my parents opened their hearts and their homes to them. And, um, and they shared Jesus. And I can't remember a time when I didn't know about Jesus or want to please Him. And my mom, she always talked about God's goodness. Even today, after, you know, they lost two children in tragic situations and they were young. And my mom has endured three strokes and the resulting weakness from that. But when we pray together every day, she still talks about how thankful she is and how good God is. And um, I just remember that growing up, that she always was talking about that. So I, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus. I was baptized when I was nine years old. And I just remember how excited I was to take my first communion. And I was able to join in with washing the feet of the other women in the church. And, um, so it was all very exciting to me. But somehow, even though I heard about Jesus all my life, I felt a love for him and I felt a, a wonder about him. I didn't understand grace at all. And so I was always striving to please him, to be better. Um, I I didn't really realize that through his death and resurrection, he had conquered death and the power of sin over me. And so when he looked at me, he wasn't looking at my mistakes and faults, but he was looking at me um, as a pure white, spotless bride without fault or wrinkle or defect. And today I marvel at that truth. It's such a beautiful, wonderful truth, but I spent... Most of growing up years, afraid that I would die. I think part of that was because of losing siblings young, Um, but I was afraid that I would die, and I was afraid I wouldn't be good enough to go to heaven. And so I sort of felt like I was in an elevator between heaven and hell, and it moved up and down depending on how I was doing at any given time. And so I spent a lot of time feeling afraid and guilty. But God had put, put the right people in my life and um, and over the years he really broke down those lies and amazed me with the truth of his grace. And part of that, of all unlikely places, was a friendship I had with a co-worker who was an atheist. And um, I feel sad for people who only spend time with people like themselves because this friendship was so amazing. We weren't afraid of each other's different views and we had just really great conversations about faith or the lack thereof. <laughs> And um, my friend just asked me a lot of great questions, and that caused me to dig into God's Word more deeply and talk with other Christians who were more mature in their faith than I was to find answers. And so that friendship actually helped me to become much more grounded in my beliefs. And um, then I I met Brian um, at at a church after I graduated from college, I started going to a church in, in the area, and Brian attended that church. And he had this amazing picture of grace. And now, Brian Wires, I had tried to do everything right. I crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's. Brian had not lived life that way, and he was very well aware um, that he had made a lot of mistakes. But he didn't beat himself up about them at all. His attitude was, if God forgave me, why should I punish myself? And he just felt this freedom in God's love, and I found that very appealing. And we had really good preachers, and I just really start to dig into the Word, looking up every verse I could on grace and really learning about it and just coming to realize how truly amazing God's grace is for us. Um, And so I would say, in the midst of all that, I I always say that even though I was a Christian for all of my life, um, I really got it when I gave birth to our first son. And when I held him, and I felt so fiercely protective of him, and I loved him so completely. And it wasn't because of anything he could do or anything he was, but just because he was mine. And I began to realize just how much God loves me to give his son for me. And then I could, that's when I think I really finally understood what those eyes of love and grace were like. That he was looking at me just as I was looking at my baby, Zachary.
0: Now, how um, old were you I, then when you accepted Christ, Penny?
1: So I accepted him at nine and was baptized then. And so the journey of learning about grace and everything, I, and then I gave birth to, my, to our first son at the age of 28. That's when I think I really grasped it. <laughs> okay. No, I
0: can see that clearly because, you know, when you have a little child that's totally dependent on you and, like you say, can do nothing and can only receive the care and love of the parent, particularly the mother, even in terms of nursing and caring, it is, it is a, an expression of God's love in a, in a very uh, micro, almost in a small way that is extremely powerful. So I like your emphasis on grace. Okay, so now you move forward. I know you have three sons. So how do you and Brian now move forward? You're in church, and then eventually you're going to really get this sense about missions, particularly foreign missions. So what?
1: Um, when our three sons were young, uh, we were reading a lot to them. I homeschooled them. We read a lot in the evening. Our family would read the Bible together, and we read a lot of other things as well. And one of those things was missionary biographies. And we just marveled at how God used people like George Mueller and Corey Ten Boom, Brother Andrew, Amy Carmichael, Jim and Elizabeth Elliott. Those were some of the ones we read. And we just wanted to be like them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I remember one day, actually, a book arrived in our mailbox that was wrapped so you could read the title of it. And it was called, it was entitled Called to Die. And it was about Chet Bitterman. And I just remember our son Zach saw the title. And he looked at me with total joy in his eyes and said, Mommy, what if we're the next ones who are called to die for Jesus? Well. And so he could just set us on fire by reading these stories of how other people who were set on fire, by his provision for them, by how he used this ordinary people. Um, and so he gave us this deep desire to reach the lost. So at that time, my husband was working as a maintenance, Brian was working as a maintenance man at a printing company, and I was taking care of the boys and homeschooling them. And um, we, one of the things we were praying together was First Chronicles 4.10, and we were asking God to bless us and enlarge our territory. And we didn't mean a bigger house or a bigger yard. We meant, you know, please enlarge our scope of influence for you, Lord. And, and I began to feel this burning inside of me to do something for God's glory as a family. I didn't know what that would be. Um, but I just felt like he was telling me that we had to, he had some kind of full time ministry throughout. And so one day Brian came home from work and I I asked him if he thought he was going to at that same printing company for a long time. And to my surprise, he said he didn't think so, because he had this strange feeling that God has some kind of full-time ministry for our family. Oh. And so we laughed, because we, we are very different in personality. So we like to say, if we totally agree about the crazy idea, we know it has to be from God. So. <laughs> well. so. We we went onto the Intercrypto website just to see what might be out there because we had we thought of missions as for, you know, doctors and evangelists and preachers. Like we didn't realize that God has a plan to use people with sort of everyday skills or C T said, but say God's et cetera, you know, um, in missions as well. So we went on the, the website and just looked for maintenance positions and Right away, a position popped up here at CLC Ministries, which is a sister organization of WEC. They produce and distribute Christian literature around the world. So we thought, well, that sounds perfect with Brian's background. Uh-huh. But when we contacted them, they said they had just filled that position, so they, they put us in touch with WEC, and that's how we found out about it. And so um, we were invited to come to WEC. And, and, and WEC
0: is Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, so people that may not know the yeah, acronym. Yeah.
1: And from the moment we stepped onto the campus, we were really amazed, not just by the beauty of it, it is a beautiful campus, but we sensed the presence of God here, and we just heard constant testimonies of God using people, of God's provision, it was like it was like meeting all these, you know, missionaries who were writing the biographies, we were just hearing it over and over, and um, I prayed very specific prayer requests um, coming into it, even just prayer requests from the heart, I'll tell you one of those. Um, and if we have more time later, maybe more, but as we were coming i um, I prayed about several very specific things, but the most unusual one I think is that I prayed for my one son just loved animals, and um, our nephew had adopted our dog. And so we were coming here and not allowed to have pets in the apartments. And I prayed that there would be a neighbor who had a dog that my son could enjoy so he would feel at home when he got here. And the first day that we came here, the directors invited us to have lunch with them. And as we were walking up to the the cottage, their house, to have lunch, there were all these little flags all over their yard. And I said, "Why? what are all the flags? And they said, oh, we just voted to get a community dog, and that's where the electric fence will go for the dog. And I just felt like God was saying, I've got you. I've got your children. I, when I say I'll provide, I yeah. know all those things. And so that was just a beautiful way that he touched my mother's heart, you know, uh, as I was concerned about this huge change to our family. But, um, yeah, so in 2008, we sold our house and we moved here to WEC, um, the, the, to the campus outside of Philadelphia. We've been here ever since. And we had prayed that we would have a ministry that our family could do together. And, God is just so honored that Brian is uh, the maintenance man here and his sons, all three of our sons have worked with him a lot, learned a lot of stuff, and they've helped me with a lot of hospitality and other things, and they've helped a lot of other people here as well. So we really, the five of us, really felt like we were serving together. And he also answered that desire to enlarge our territory. Um, We pretty much used to only know people in Pennsylvania, but now we have friends all over the world who are serving all over the world, and um, our prayers now touch the world. We pray for people in places we didn't even know existed before. And my writing has gone out all over the world. So that is super exciting to me. And then the vital work that Brian does in keeping this property functioning allows WEC to continue to do its work. Because I don't know that people always understand the importance of a headquarters or the sending base for a mission. But um, we send people out to serve all over the world. But they have to have people who are behind them. And the sending base here is the home of the financial office, the business office, Um, here's where we train the outgoing missionaries, this is where missionaries can come for furlough. We have a number of missionaries who have retired and are living here. this, this is where we have member care, which is vitally important. And, you know, people go through really tragic things on the field. And it's really great that we can welcome them home, give them a safe and comfortable place to be. And then we have counselors who can help them to walk through those things. So it's really very important. And so when Brian doing that, he's really helping the work to continue around the world. So God really answered that prayer for us. So
0: now the building, like you say, the campus, of course, you know, full disclosure, I've been with WEC still am. I mean, you know, and served overseas from what and have benefited from the sending base in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where Penny and uh, Brian and their three sons served. So it's almost like if you think of like a military model in World War II, mm-hmm. the soldiers would be going to the front, yeah. but the key was the, su- the mm-hmm. supply chain, so mm-hmm. to speak. Back home is where there would be a train, mm-hmm. there would be an equip. Uh, maybe hospitalized upon the return from a battlefield in Europe or in Asia. Yeah. And so if you think of a sending base like that, that's what it is. And, and missionaries would go there, yeah. uh, get an apartment, stay you know, maybe three months for training, and then be equipped and sent out. But as Penny said, the finance department, the personnel department, the maintenance department, Uh, high tech, communications, computer systems, you know we have uh, people in all these fields to keep people in these countries that work is in. And today there are over 50 countries around the world. So you guys really keep the boat floating as I say. Uh, Brian, you know in all areas I mean just really practical stuff like water and um, all of these electrical systems and lighting and uh, all of this kind of stuff that they do You could maybe elaborate on that, Penny, and I know perhaps there's people listening right now, by the grace of God, who are thinking, you know what? Maybe they're in your shoes, Penny, where you were way back when when you guys were praying about missions, and maybe they might think, hey, maybe this is what God is calling me to. Maybe I'm not going to go to to, to some foreign land, but I have a skill set and I can be part of the team. That uh, is part of the sending base to equip and send mm-hmm. and, and keep people on the board field. So you could give like an overview of what does that mean to be on home staff? Now you've been there, what, 13 years? Yes. Yeah, 13, 13 years. years. That's yes. a long time. So what does well, that mean, like your daily life, if somebody's listening they're thinking, well, gee, I never thought of that, never heard about that before. Maybe you can describe. David, you yeah, a um, question?
2: Yeah, I think you can extend that too, Penny, into what kind of opportunities people could consider if they're interested uh, and then you can give your contact information as well.
1: Okay, sure. Well, one of the reasons I was most excited to share here today was because of what you said, John. I I have to believe that there are other people like us out there who have this burning desire to reach the lost but have no idea how to start. And they have no idea that God can use their specific skills in fulfilling the Great Commission. So yes, I'm very excited about sharing about that. Um, One of the other key things that we do here—I'll just share this before I answer your Mm question—is but prayer. Uh, We say that everything is is just on a foundation of prayer, and even in the main um, area where we have our prayer meetings and things, I remember uh, my boss here saying she wished that she could see that room through spiritual eyes, because the walls, everything is just soaked in prayer and praise. And so that is one of the biggest things we do to support our missionaries around the world, is just praying for them. And we do pray very faithfully for them. So you ask what, what life is like here. Um, basically, we have, with well, a castle, which we call it the castle. It's a big mansion of 45 rooms. It's the main, that's the main uh, building here. And that houses different people, but it also has the common rooms. And so we have prayer meetings there twice a week, sometimes three times. Once a month, we have a half day of prayer. But every Monday and every Friday, so we start and end our week with um, uh, a prayer meeting there. And we pray for our missionaries around the world there. Uh, we have a common dining room where we share meals together. Not all the meals, um, but a couple times a week usually we'll have a meal together. Um, and so then uh, people work in all the different departments that are here, and we also come alongside of the candidates who are here in training, so um, just having them into our homes, talking to them about their lives, um, and we it's, the very interesting thing about living here is that you will have different neighbors every day, every week, whatever. It's just, we constantly have people coming from all over the world and um, going out to all over the world. It's, it is so exciting to be a part of the process of, of knowing these people and training them and sending them out, praying for them, being available when they need someone to talk to from the field or they write to you and you can pray for them and send back an encouraging word. And so it's just this continuing flow of people and just a wonderful opportunity to really get to know people from all over the world and to know that you're a part of their work. Um, so we have different offices here. We have an office building. People work in their offices and do all those vital roles that we've had. And some of the areas that we need um, help in we need help in maintenance. That's one of the reasons, another reason I wanted to share was, uh, like I said, our three sons helped Brian a lot, but all three of them are grown up now, and gone. they live in three different states from us, and so he's the only full-time maintenance person here for a property of 20 acres and seven buildings. So you can imagine how heavy his load is, and we're just really praying that there might be some others out there who have his kind of skill set and who think, yes, I would love to work behind the scenes and work full-time, long-term there on that campus. If you work here, you live campus, um, and so you live with the same people you serve with, and um, it's just a, yeah, so you'll be coming here. Now, there it is important to know that these are not jobs, like hired jobs. Everyone who works here, um, behind the scenes... It's the same as those going around the country, where you need to have a team of churches and individuals to come along and support you. But um, I would be so happy to share any my stories of how God has provided for us um, over these thirteen years. I'm writing a book about that. But I'm happy to to just encourage people. If anyone wants to reach out to me specifically to ask questions about our family story, they can write to me at Penny P E N N Y at Wck. -usa.org If they want to find out more about the opportunities that are available here they can go on the website for WEC which is WEC -usa.org and then click on the serve button and that will take them to different opportunities around the world but also, and also here at the sending base um, and if they want to start the process of talking to someone about what would it be like to work with WEC then they can write to contact us at wec-usa.org and also there is a contact button on the website that they can can click and go to the same place so um,
0: the website is very nice I mean it's very easy to navigate and find out information and um, for those listening you know you think about it you hear the word community but it it is community, but then, like, everybody up there uh, goes to the own church, you know, in the wider in the wider North Philadelphia area, let's say that. Children are either homeschooled or they go to a private Christian school or they go to a public school. Uh, when I was there, my son actually went to a nearby uh, high school and played football there for a season before we wow. went to Thailand. So, I mean, it's really interesting. Because you're fun. with this group of people in community, but yet you still have, like, a wider community involvement in churches Mm -hmm. and outreach activities and when you go there uh, you are provided with a a dwelling it might be an apartment you may live in a castle depending on your family size or if you're a single individual and it's really like Penny says prayer just saturates that place it's almost like like you you can see the spiritual realm it's like a nuclear reactor glowing you know (laughs) all these prayers going on and um you know, if people are listening, you know, you're thinking about life and what does my life mean? And, you know, am I investing in it wisely? And you might have the real, a real skill set, but you don't know how God can use that skill set to teach the to touch the world. You know, you might be great in electricity, you might hang drywall, you <laughs> might have, be good in plumbing, you might all these kind of things. Well, that's who God can use. You know, the founder of Wycliffe, Cameron Townsend, says in missions we can use any profession but a bartender you know
2: <laughs> but
0: i mean it's true is yeah. it not penny because oh, that's true. And, and and what uh, over the years they have this supply of tools yeah i mean really interesting tools from uh, power saws and tools and lathes to cranes and lifts and yeah. all it's just yeah. every time i go up there you know i see uh new facilities but um yeah, and we have, a, really we have
1: stops out there. Yeah. And it's such maintenance. We need people in the finance office, in the short-term department, the missionary kids department, uh, in IT, in media creation and design, in mobilization, um, as an administrative assistant, accommodations, all those things are areas where we have needs. And, you know, another awesome part of coming here, I, I like to say we walk among giants, and I really mean that. I mean, working with people who have committed their lives to the Lord and been here for decades. Um, You know, uh, C.T. Studd said he was the founder of WEC back in 1913. He founded WEC. He was heading to Africa at the time, but God told him, I have a plan for you for the whole world. And God has been so faithful. Here was C.T. Studd going off on his own against the advice of pretty much everyone because of his health and different things. And he was going all alone and going, no, I have a plan for you for the whole world. So now we have 2,000 workers, um, you know, working in – from this from ninety different countries, working in sixty different countries, we also reaching out to displaced people all over the world, including here in America. Um, and so he, you know, he had this this vision, and God brought it to, to be true. And above one of the doorways in the castle is one of C. T. Stead's quotes: "If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for Him." Yeah, and yeah, the that people who live that out and I've just been amazed to see our co-workers just serving joyfully into their 80s and right now over a third of our staff are in their 60s and 70s with others quickly approaching those ages so we really need to inspire some younger generations to rise up and come and serve so they can they can be this you know to keep this work going because it needs to keep going until the Lord comes back
0: now uh, um, again you gave out your contact information we're going to repeat that but well, if somebody's listening and they want to get this interview uh, you can go to john1421.com and the whole interview is going to be on there so that's another uh, place you can go get all the contact information that penny's given and you may want to get in contact with WEC. you might just be curious or interested or feel god's leading you this direction and talk with somebody i.e penny herself or others up there and you may want to do a visit. David, I know you visited there. What was your
2: impression, David? Well, again, um, I think I mentioned that before we got started on the show. You know, when you take a look at the WEC facility, you just realize how God takes care of the people who serve him in in immense ways. And um, so, you know, I know there's that fear, as Penny mentioned, uh, you know, the fear of, well, how am I going to be able to fund myself Mm -hmm. to do the work? You can't believe how God opens doors. And everything I saw when I was up there, it it was just breathtaking, absolutely incredible. And I think the only way you can feel the Holy Spirit is to visit places like that Mm -hmm. and, and just get a sense for how all of these people, all these missionaries are being taken care of and they're being sent all over the country. And some of them just go with a backpack and their Bible and a change of clothes. I couldn't believe it. And when I was sitting there for dinner... I remember, you know, it looked like the United Nations, Penny. <laughs> I mean, I was looking around and I I was like, I can't believe this. You know, this one person was going here, another person was going somewhere else. And, you know, and I felt so, uh, I guess, um, you know, I, I felt really little in terms of the things that I was doing at the time compared to what they were doing. And, you know, so... You really have that awe feeling when you go up there. You really do about the great work that's being done here.
0: So, Penny, now tell me more about Brian's work. Maybe you can just detail some of the projects he might be involved in. I want our listeners, and, you know, this could be man or woman.
2: You mean you know, we don't
0: think about that because uh, a lot of women are skilled in in, in making trades. Oh, they are. So maybe this, yeah. Yeah, well, and and one other thing,
2: too. Penny, one other thing, too, that you could add, if you don't mind if somebody just wants to dip their toe in the idea of looking at what a missionary you know, life would be, uh, you know, how that would affect um or how it would work, is there a is there a class or I guess some way for them to test the waters before they make a full commitment? Well, I mean, they
1: could come as a volunteer if they wanted to. Um on the campus Mm -hmm. to try it out and see what that's like, or they could just uh, schedule to come for a visit and just kind of shadow, uh, you know, and learn from the different people, talk to them about it. Uh, We have a short-term department that would be thrilled to to help them discover uh, missions through a short program. Right. Um, And yeah, so all of that is on the website. Again, that's web-usa.org. And if you go under serve, there is a section on Short-term serving, mm. long-term serving, volunteers serving here at the WEC U.S. campus. Great, and so you can find out a lot of information. And then again, there's a contact button there, or you can email contact us at wec-usa.org, and you'll get in touch with our with the, the mobilization team that can help you with those questions. Great, thank so yeah, you. If anybody is interested, please get in touch. We can try to arrange time to come visit. Um, I mean, that's what we did. We, you know, we didn't come into it blind. We came down, visited and got to see, uh, what the job would be. And of course, you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's different every day when you're the maintenance person, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you ask what Brian does, I mean, really his, his job is quite expensive, um, because like I said, it's 20 acres of property and there are seven buildings here, uh, soon to be eight. And so, um. He does everything from maintaining those buildings and the the, the vehicles, the swimming pools, the water treatment system. Um, he does you know general building maintenance, upgrades and renovations, painting, plumbing, carpentry, HVAC, electrical, large equipment operations, um, mm-hmm. landscaping, yeah. groundskeeping, snow removal. You know it's just what you can imagine. There's a picture actually if you go on the website and you look for the maintenance and groundskeeping. Uh, position. They show a picture of the campus of, of, not all of it, but it shows the castle, it shows the water tower, the, the office building, and one of the other, uh, apartment buildings. And it gives you just a picture of how much will be involved in that. They have a very long driveway, too. So, uh, that, that he maintains, um, and we're so thankful for, like, volunteers who help and, uh, even MKs on the, on the hill who have helped him.
0: Missionary Not just kids.
1: And others who have. Yeah, uh-huh. missionary yeah. kids. Not just ours, but others. But, um, we, I am praying boldly for three people to join his team who would be willing to work full-time, long-term, live here on the campus, and just be a part of this adventure with us because, um, he really wants to train someone. Um, he's the only person who knows how all the things here, for, from a maintenance perspective, work. And he wants to train other people so that they wow. can keep going even after we're gone. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's our heart's desire. And as you said, a man or a woman, we had a wonderful volunteer. Uh, she actually lived locally and just came, I think, one day a week and did all kinds of things for years here. So we're just praying for whoever God has in mind to come and, and work here. And, again, not just in maintenance. That's, I think of that because of my husband, that we we have needs in these other departments as well. We can, You know, God can use you. And, not, and, and I'm not just, also don't want to just highlight the needs on here, we call it the hill because we live on a historic hill, but, um, but also we are so eager to help people to explore how God wants to use them around the globe, how God might want to use them here in our own country among Afghans or other people coming into the country, um, so we have a lot of of opportunities out there both here and around the world, and we are just so eager to send and train, equip more people, so I just hope
0: that a lot of people will look into this. So, Penny, tell about the retirees, I mean, that come in and help out maybe just for a month or maybe for a week or longer, because, you know, people are retiring earlier. Yeah, It's really a big thing with the baby boomers, and they still... A lot of them are now thinking ministry. And that's a trend. Yeah, yeah. But to tell about some of those aspects for retirees that might be listening or, um, you know, some of the things, the creative ways that they can come up and serve in the Hill and Maintenance.
1: Yes, we actually have a beautiful partnership with a ministry called SOWERS, which stands for Servants on Wheels Ever Ready. And those are people who have retired from their jobs, who want to work in ministries, and who um, basically what they do is they get a... Uh, a An RV and they travel around the country and they spend three weeks at a time at different ministries volunteering there. And so we get sewers quite often and and they are a godsend. Brian can, you know, they're skilled and he can put them on a job. So a lot of times because he has so much to do with just maintaining the general things of the hill, he um, will put sewers on jobs and they'll do like the renovation projects or things like that. And so um, they are wonderful, and they sometimes they haven't done this yet, but they're talking about they can also do three months at one place. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that's for people who want to see the country and serve and
0: what has of the, the hookup for that. They have the the electrical, everything. They, so they just everything. pull in these RVs, and they yeah. <laughs> they have canopies and their lawn chairs, and they they just blend in a, with the community. Wow, and they do significant work. Wow, yeah. very interesting. Wow. They
1: do. Yes, we have an RV lot, and it's hooked up for everything. It's got the the stuff. it's got the you know whatever the water, the electric, and um, we are always thrilled to have our sewers coming.
0: That's a great way to go. Absolutely, yeah, and, and like this could be an opportunity for a retirees. Absolutely, like, that I, sounds I know yeah. Guys that are retiring at age fifty five. Yeah, or, you know, right, right. So okay, Penny. So um, the campus is is very interesting. I mean, it was. You can tell a little about the history of it, but that's actually where Fort uh, George Washington stayed before he broke camp, because the British were coming up from Philadelphia, and he ends up going down to Valley Forge, yeah. which is driving time yeah. now. It's about I don't know, 20 minutes or so, but you can imagine them marching. Mm-hmm. But he was up on that hill. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. They call it Camp Hill, Fort Washington. Yeah. So it's very historic, beautiful setting, yeah. and to be part of an organization like what I mean, there's many good mission organizations, <laughs> WEC is unique in certain ways. Now we generally just reach unreached people groups, and WEC's five. If any pastors are listening, WEC is about church planting. Yeah, we want to see a church established with national leadership in a, in a place that has very few or no churches, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's really
1: important for people to realize just how much work there is to be done out there. WEC has been around for a hundred years. There are many other missions organizations doing wonderful work, and yet there's still so much to be done. There's still over three billion people living in unreached people groups with little or no access to the gospel, and that's over forty-one percent of the world's population. And most missionary work is being done among people who already have, you know, access to the gospel. So we're trying to reach those who don't have that mm-hmm. access. And, um, you know, we're trying, we want to invite everyone who's listening to join us in that work. Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything he commanded. And he calls each of his disciples, you know, each of us. So we're here to help people figure out how God wants to use them in making disciples. And that may mean going across the street or that may mean going across the world, but we would be so thrilled to help people to explore that and find out how he wants to use them.
0: Excellent. David, mm-hmm. did you have a question?
2: Yeah, um, I, I guess, so what What have been some of your biggest uh, victories this past year, Penny, you and Brian, and some of your biggest challenges?
1: Well, um, <laughs> interesting, we were talking about the sowers, so I'll tell you a story. It's one of my challenges. We've had a lot of health issues going on, and yet... Um, Just really trusting the Lord, and He has really shown His the sufficiency of His grace in the midst of it, how He can use us in the midst of it. And um, the sowers were here, a a group of sowers, and whenever they come, I always have the blessing of being able to share with them. And I I share stories of God's faithfulness to us, or or whatever the Lord has on my heart, maybe a Bible study or whatever. But um, I shared with the sowers, and God just gave one of the men in the group a, a word for me, and he said that you know God, or he said he had been a coach for many years, and he said a good coach knows. Uh, but let me back up and say that that I've, I'm I'm frustrated because I'm actually in a wheelchair right now, um, and wow. I'm frustrated with the things that I can't do. Um, and so, um, so I had I had expressed that in the midst of the devotional that I was sharing. But what he said was um, God. This gentleman was a coach for many years and he said that a good coach knows that you can't just have those main people who are always out on the court. You have to have people ready to jump in whenever. And he said, just like you covered this morning, because I was covering that for someone who had COVID, so I jumped in to cover on a day I wasn't planned to. Um, And he said, I see you doing that in other areas too. And he said, I feel like you, God is, you know, you are God's person on the bench who's ready to just jump in and help. And if you had a very specific role right now, the one, you know, one of the ones that I can't do because of, of my health, then you wouldn't be able to jump in and do things. And it's very true. The Lord has been using me in a lot of different things, um, writing some big projects for for WAC and just filling in if people need that because they were sick. And so God, God spoke to me and said, you're one of my sewers also. You just to, Your wheels just happen to be on a chair instead of an RV. And it just blessed my spirit so much. And I can really see how he's doing that and just using me in a lot of different ways um, that I might not have been available to do if I had taken on a, like a specific full-time role once my, my kids left. So... Um, he, just, he is so faithful, and, and every day as I do my physical therapy and I have to—I walk the hallways of one of the apartment buildings here, I see a set of stairs that I call the Jesus stairs. And I call it that because years ago when I was strong, um, I came down these stairs to help a lady in her 90s or maybe late 80s who had served here all these years. She was on my team in the media department. And she was a single lady who had, who had spent her whole life for the Lord, and she was now flying to Canada to spend her last years with her family. And I came down those stairs and came to her apartment to help her carry her stuff up at the end. Now, she had gone up those stairs every day, and I had no idea how difficult they were for her. And yet uh, she got to the bottom step, and she looked at it, and she said, Jesus, and she took the first step. This is Helen Kolesky, who, who wrote the um Newspaper for fifty years. Then she took the next step. Each one, she, Jesus, Jesus. And she made her way up those stairs. And at the time, I found it very inspiring. But I had no idea just how inspiring it would be for me later, when I literally had to cling to him for every physical step I was taking. And now, as I do those laps in physical therapy, I see those stairs every day, and I am just so thankful and. So he just inspires me to remember that just one step at a time, you know, just keep clinging to him and do one step at a time. So that's been an internal victory for me. Um, <laughs> and so I think I used to be stronger physically on the outside, but he's used this actually to make me stronger on the inside. So that's actually better. Um <laughs> mm. uh, for Brian, there's been just a lot of crazy uh, maintenance things going on. Um, they've had to rebuild the well house, do a major water uh, system overhaul. Praise the Lord that is coming down to the very final end of all of that, and just, you know, it's been a real blessing, because even though he's the only uh, full-time maintenance team here, it just, just happened, you know, I don't believe in coincidences <laughs> mm. that God just brought in people at just the right time. Someone who was skilled in masonry just happened to be stuck here for a little while It helped with building, you know, with, with uh, building like a wall thing. Um yeah, he just God just keeps dropping people here whether they can't get back into their country of service because of COVID or, or they're waiting here for to get certain things you know their visa or whatever and they just happen to be the people that that are needed for the with the skills that he needs for the help at the time and it has been such a blessing so, um he, he sees all that there needs to be done but he also sees how great God is and just keeps meeting him each step along the way so we are so grateful.
0: So we we really need to focus on the need for more maintenance skill and or someone that brian could train would that be true penny
1: yes if someone has the aptitude he is very happy to train because as he said he's going to have to train them anyway for the wax specific things i mean this building uh was born built in the 1880s so uh, things are not exactly built like modern you know and he's constantly upgrading them but he will have to train them to a great degree anyway, so if they have the aptitude, or they have any of those skills that I mentioned before, um, he can certainly train
0: them. Right, and, and the one nice thing here on a very practical level, you don't have to drive to work. Yeah. Yeah, literally, yeah. I mean, you can walk from your your home, your apartment, right, right. Uh, to the workshop, you know, where the, uh, the material and the power equipment is, and work, walk to the different work sites. You might have to go off yeah. the hill mm-hmm. to get supplies or something, but... That that's an interesting thing because you spend most of your time hands on, and um, that that I think you know just makes it that much better for somebody that's
2: going up there to train. It's a self-contained compound. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So and I do I
1: I forgot to answer one of your earlier questions, John, but as you were saying, you know, yes, we work together, we have some meals together, whatever. But yes, every family does have their own you know, private quarters, so I don't want them to think that you're going to be living in this
0: thing, you know, commune
1: where everybody is. Right, right. No. <laughs> we get together so. yeah, it's, so
0: it's, uh. It's a beautiful setting. I mean, David, you know, as yeah, a, kind absolutely. of an outsider coming yeah. in, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own <clears throat> dwelling, yeah. their own apartment, their own, you know, singles have like a dorm on the third, but then again, everybody belongs to a church, mm-hmm. different churches or whatever, yeah. in the greater surrounding area, and then, as far as education of children go, the options are on the table. It's up to the parents, whether it's homeschooling, yeah. private school, there's Christian schools, there's good public schools in the way. So, yeah. there's a wide and array we have of schools you know. in this
1: area, and we also have uh, homeschools kind of community if people want to do that. Um, that's one of the joys that I have is coaching people overseas who, who want to be homeschooling while they're abroad. I get to help them with that. I have a lending library. But yeah, there are good schools in this area. We have we have children on the hills uh, from all three of those. Some go to private school, some go to public school, some are homeschooled yeah. in. And the, the other nice thing, if you have children, um, like we came I mean, this place is an instant party, yeah. <laughs> you know, the kids get off the school bus, and there's just, there's always something going on, you know, they have friends nearby all the time, there's a playground here, there's a swimming pool in the, in the summer that, you know, is available, and... Um, lots of common rooms so they can get gathered together to play games with even in the winter when it's cold, you know, there's there are lounges and common rooms where the kids can join to play and do things too. So it's really a great it was a great place for us to read their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: We lived there for three years and, but then I was there when we I was actually in training to be a, as a candidate. But it's a constant flow of people. Like Penny says, you're meeting international people coming in from India. They might be coming in mm-hmm. from uh, parts of Africa, Indonesia, you know, London, all different backgrounds, and to me, it's the body of Christ. Where everybody, even doctrinally, WEC is fairly flexible, but the key is everybody agrees we have to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yes. that—that's yeah. And, it's, and yeah. it's prayer-based and faith-based. you learn more about these as you live up there and be, join into the, the community of WEC. But we're certainly going to get the word out, Penny, you know, um, maybe do a follow-up show down the road. Um, We still have 10 minutes on our show here, and this is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. I know we have listeners going as far as where, Toledo and down the sub-middle of, uh, I mean, we have a pretty good range. We do. And somebody might be sitting listening and just thinking, you know, as this year comes to a close, (laughs) you know, there's not a lot of certainties in this world in case you haven't noticed. But God's word never changes, and the Great Commission never changes. Yeah, you know Jesus
1: says. And you know what, John? Even beyond that, like you know when. A lot of people are looking at the world and just thinking it's hopeless. One of the greatest things about living here is having people come back from the field all the time, sharing the stories of how God is working. What is God doing? You know, the whole world seemed to come to a preaching halt in during COVID. God's work didn't come to a halt. We had more people joining churches in these different countries where they were afraid to go in person but they joined online. To so one one house church in an Asian country that had maybe about ten people showing up had over four hundred people Whoa. logging in. And God's Word is going out, and people are even more aware of the mortality, and they have questions, and, you know, as countries are are torn apart, there's all kinds of craziness going on, there are just so many opportunities. And we're really looking for unique and new ways to reach out, and so whatever your passion is, we have mobile Ministry, we have... Um, arts ministry, you know, people can use music, they can use dance, we have ethnomusicology where, where we have people going into countries and actually helping people create uh, praise music in their own of music, you know, not bringing in the Western stuff, but helping them to use their own particular instruments and their giftings and their style to to glorify the Lord. So there's just so many exciting opportunities, but daily here, I feel encouraged in what's happening because I get to hear those stories of how God is working. I don't just hear the bad news. And in October, we had a, a huge conference, our annual conference, There about 100 people here at I'm telling you, when people come back here uh, from the field or even come to visit here, they say that it feels like a little piece of heaven, that they can feel the presence of the Lord. But when I was in that room, worshiping the Lord with a hundred different missionaries from all over the world, with all kinds of experiences who have been through some pretty horrific things, worshiping the Lord, one of them, her her husband was martyred, Um, just praising the Lord with everything in them and declaring his goodness, that felt like a little bit of heaven. Mm -hmm. Um... And that's why we want to, we want the whole world to know there's good news. We want to get out there and let them know it is not hopeless. Your future is not hopeless. God has something glorious planned for you. You can live victoriously in this life no matter what's happening. And then you can go to your real life where you will be with God and all will be made right. And there are just so many people who don't know that and really don't have hope at all. And so that's what our passion is for here at WEC. And we are just super excited for this opportunity. opportunity to share that and hope that people will get in touch with us so we can help them to explore that.
0: Why don't you give out that contact info one more time, Penny, so it'll be on different uh, parts of this interview.
1: Sure. So the main website is wec-usa.org. And um, you can find on there information about sending people, serving, um, whatever, however you want to look at that. If you want to look for those specific opportunities, just click on the Serve button. And then if you would like to write to me and just hear more of my story, I'd be so happy to share about the way that the Lord has provided for us. He has met us all along the way. He just, you know, Philippians 4.19, My God will meet all your needs. He has met our needs, and not just financially, he's met educational needs for our children, relational needs, emotionally. I mean, I just have so many stories, my stories and other missionary stories. I would be happy to share with people if they want to write to penny.hood at wec-usa.org. And then, if they already know that yes, I want more information, I want to be in touch with someone at WEC, they can write to contact us at wec-usa.org.
0: Okay, that's good information. Contact information, and again, you'll be able to access this radio show, and all that contact information is going to be on there. If you happen to be listening mm-hmm. today, you didn't jot it down. Uh, it's very simple. I mean, once you go to the wec-usa org. You're right in, in the ballpark and you can access all this information. So, okay, we have a couple more minutes. So, I think what I'm trying to get through, and, and you've done a good job with Penny, is this this is a community. This is a, this is a group of people. Uh, I don't know how many adults now on the hills. Is it 50 adults, would you say? Home staff? Oh,
1: probably, yeah, oh, 50 adults, up. yeah.
0: And children um, coming together, living together, all kinds of different backgrounds for the sake to see God's kingdom extended to the ends of the wow. earth. It's as simple as that. And, but you have to have a sending base yeah. to train, to equip, to send, and to receive back, and to maintain them on the field through finances and other ways. Uh, and this sending base, uh, you've been there, David, it, it's operational. I mean, this thing is moving forward, and it is amazing how God supplies. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I believe one of the way he supplies is letting this particular need for staffing that's required at this time to keep that place going in the areas of maintenance in particular and I, if somebody's listening again you might be, you, know, you might be looking at your tool chest and your power tools and you're thinking oh I don't know you know and maybe you want to use it for God's kingdom in a very direct way that's going to really impact people around the world you know people in indonesia are dependent on that 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 campus yeah that sending base yeah. to be operational. People that right. never seen it, people that never heard of it in northern Thailand right. or in Zaire. They 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 need that thing to be there to send and, and maintain people on the field.
2: And aren't there and, and other? You know, in a very, Go ahead. In Penny. a very
1: practical way. Yeah. Um, also, Brian helps to train some of the uh, when when missionaries are here in training. Some of the men are. are or, or we've had women do it too, will work in the maintenance department. They, they get, when you if you come to work, you'll have 13 weeks of training in the morning, you have classes in the afternoon, you work with uh, with if, whatever, you know, department you will work in here or if you're going overseas, they'll put you in the department. But in a very practical thing, Brian's been able to teach different maintenance skills to people who are going overseas oh. to where they need those skills. In fact, he had one one gentleman come back to visit us on the hill who told Brian that he had, that because of Brian's teaching, he had saved this guy's life twice Twice, because he he was able to um, to see something was was not safe, and then in another case he was able to fix something, or whatever. So he uh, said he felt uh, that Brian was responsible for saving his life and continuing to help him to, to serve. So you also get that opportunity. You know, you will be pouring into the lives of people who are going out, practical things, spiritual things. Uh, it's just—it's really beautiful, and I really encourage people to to look into it. Even if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure, just look into it. Look at the website. Pray for us. That would be huge. You know, pray for WEC. Um, Pray that we'll be effective all over the world in our service. Pray for people to come and serve here on, on the Sunday base. Our former director, Alf, Alfred Rusko, said you cannot evangelize the world without a strong home base. Yeah. And like I said earlier, most of our home base is hitting or passing. Retiring retirement age, so please pray that God will raise up people to come and work with us, and and to be the next generation who will keep this sending base going.
2: Yeah, aren't there other locations around the globe too, Jen? Oh, sending bases? yeah, uh-huh. like the UK and yep. other places, Spain, it's Australia, okay. New Zealand, okay. right? There, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in America
0: is is, is let the... me think, it's one of the bigger ones, okay. I believe, in terms okay. of. But being North America, of course, it's right. very strategic. Oh, yeah. It's on the East Coast. Which gives access, you know, flying in internationally coming in and access to New York. But um, again, uh, go to the website and if, if if we've had people go up there, right, and check yeah. it out. You know, some have yeah. thinking maybe there's a fit, maybe it's not a fit, but if God has put it on your heart, these how things start. They start really small. Right. I always say big doors swing on small hinges. <laughs> it could be just it could be just an email. It could be just a phone call, and that opens the door, and then you yep. make a visit, and then you see, like, Penny and Brian went up there, and then 13 years ago, and all of a sudden you're the veterans, you know, you're training people that are going overseas. Right. So, um, again, and we you an
1: answer to your question, if anybody is from another country, and they're looking into going from there, they can look at WECinternational.org. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's their website, so that's also a possibility.
0: So, you know, and... Uh, there's also a couple good YouTube videos out there about what I know. You have to go on the, the site, but you can actually see some huh. interesting YouTube overview. So, Penny, thank some you. Some of them are on our.
1: There are links to some of them on the website, on our website as
0: well. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thanks, it's Penny. Christmas season. Yes. Um, and you know, this is a great opportunity. You know, for people to properly think about it, get information about it. And not stop there, but make a call if you really feel you know, interested. Talk to somebody up on I mean, the you know, Penny, Brian, the director. Yeah. You know, and, uh, go visit. They're very, they go visit. <laughs> it's
1: not
2: that far. Definitely. From go Cleveland, visit. Ohio, it's yeah. only an eight hour right. beautiful drive yep. on, mm-hmm. on
0: 80. So thank you, Penny. And we put your thank contact you, John, information. This
2: was wonderful. Uh, thanks for joining us, Penny. God bless you and Brian and the work you're doing and the rest of the WAC. And folks. let's think of a follow up so show
0: much. down the road in 2022. Uh, God willing,
2: you know we'll we'll have a good. And we do when we go up to the hill. If yeah, we'll, we'll go, go up to the hill. You know,
0: we'll do a radio show from the hill. How about that? <laughs> we that, that would be and great. And we should be praising the
1: Lord for how He answered all these prayers. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's all right. Do,
0: yeah. Well, let me pray in our close, and maybe some of the people that are listening will join in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, uh, the ability to communicate uh, over miles and miles through this uh, uh, radio waves and through uh, uh, the radio program, through telephone or cell phones. And how much closer are you when we pray to you, Lord, for in you we live and move and have our very being. And you invite us in Hebrews 4 to come into the very throne room of grace in the time of need, and, and, and there we will obtain mercy and grace. So I thank you for Penny and Brian and their, their three boys, and all of the staff up at the Camp Hill in Fort Washington, uh, Philadelphia, and that they for half a century, more than half a century, they've been... Training and sending missionaries to the four corners of the earth and literally lives have been changed. Communities have been changed. Churches have been planted. Bible schools started, but it needs this sending base. It needs this this sending base. And I do pray that these staffing needs that are up there, these uh, strategic vacancies, particularly in Mm -hmm. maintenance and some of these other areas that Penny spoke about, will be filled. Maybe somebody's listening right now in their living room or their office. You're thinking, maybe, maybe I can be the one to at least make the call, at least start exploring these opportunities. Life is short. You want to invest in something that's going to last for all eternity, and this could be that opportunity. So bless the Hood family. Bless all the staff up at Camp Hill and all that they do and, and getting these uh, missionaries ready to, and to go, especially as we think of this Christmas season. Pray for practical needs. Pray for financial needs, physical needs. Lord, you say we have not because we ask not, but we are asking you right now, Lord. Just please, Lord. Uh, You you are a good God, uh, a giver of good gifts. So we thank you for hearing our prayers, for answering our prayer. And again, Lord, just bless Brian and Penny in a very, very special way this season. We pray for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Merry Christmas, Penny. God bless you, Penny. Merry
1: Christmas. Thank you, David and John. Give
2: greetings to the staff.
1: I will.
0: I hope to see you this spring. God bless you.